that you could just see in their eyes. It was like the, the lights were the lights were on, but but no one was home. Welcome to WFSU's Perpetual Pandemic Podcast. I'm Gina Jordan. What has the pandemic removed from your life that you want back? For many, peace of mind is nowhere to be found. Now, I've been in this profession for a long time as a, as a school administrator, especially at the high school level. And I then realized that our kids were in crisis. Leon County Superintendent Rocky Hanna saw trouble shortly after physical classrooms reopened in late August. Only half the students were back in person, and after being cooped up for months, they had to learn behind masks, at least six feet away from their peers and their teachers. It was taking its toll, and not just with COVID, with all the the social unrest and the uh, events that they've witnessed that have gone on around the country with the protests and rioting that our kids have been exposed to a whole lot in addition to COVID-19. 2020 brought disturbing trends in our overall well-being. Now the Leon County School District is holding a series of online mental health workshops to teach parents how to spot signs of trouble. Dr. Jeffrey Ferrero is the Psychiatric and Behavioral Health Medical Director at Capital Regional Medical Center in Tallahassee. And we've seen a 30 to 40 percent increase uh, year to date uh, in regards to increase in anxiety disorders uh, and increase in uh, depression. Um, and unfortunately, we've also seen a fairly significant increase in suicide attempts and suicide completion. Don't be afraid to bring up the S word. Kelly Mercer is program director for the Behavioral Health Center at Capital Regional Medical. I hear this um, in commu- the community when I'm speaking that, well, talking to someone about suicide will give them the idea for suicide, so I don't wanna ask them that. And that's actually false. Asking them if they're thinking about suicide does not give them the idea of suicide. When they're thinking about it, we really just want to give them permission to confront that pain, to help relieve their stress, to open up, to talk about it, and hopefully, again, link them to some resources to, uh, to help to start to deal with those feelings. Of course, it's not just kids who are struggling, and calls to the Big Bend 211 hotline are way up. The needs are varied and urgent, as I heard from hotline counselor Helena Reed. We chatted via Zoom. I would say like 90% of our calls are based on rent or utility assistance, housing or food, like food pantries. And that's been the same throughout the pandemic, but the call volume has skyrocketed. So connecting that to mental health, the needs kind of correlate directly. So we try to engage about how they're managing with everything emotionally. And a lot of people are really hanging in there by a thread, but we can't really address their mental health fully without their basic needs being met. So the nature of the calls then during the pandemic are really, it sounds like largely it's from people who've lost their jobs. Big time, big time. Yeah. So before a lot of our calls were, you know, past due rent assistance and things like that. Now that's kind of shifted to people that are facing imminent eviction or have already been evicted and there's not enough resources to go around to keep people from being homeless, which is a major tragedy in itself. So it's kind of like um, triage with a little counseling in between. So we try to assess the need, you know, try to build a rapport with them so they know when they call, they'll get someone who's kind and who really cares. And then we let them know of resources in the area that can help. And then we try to check in again about how they're managing emotionally. Some folks don't want to talk about it and that's okay too but we can offer mental health resources too if that's a road they want to go down. Do you have an idea of like how many calls a day you're getting now versus before the pandemic? 
So let's say for helpline, last Monday we got 120 calls. Um, I would say pre-pandemic that was probably 70 or 80. Yeah. Well, how are you holding up? Really well. Um, I think this has been the most in-depth exercise in gratitude I could have ever imagined. Um, I'm thankful to have a job. I'm just so thankful to have a job and one that I really like. So that's, it's hard to lose sight of that. Um, it can be discouraging to see so many people in dire straits. This is something that people aren't going to recover from. So people going into homelessness, it's really hard to recover from that. So that's kind of a mindset where you have to, to do what you can and just know that that's, that's enough. It has to be enough for now. Do you take these calls home with you sometimes? It's kind of hard to leave work at work sometimes, right? It is. Yeah. I used to struggle with that a lot, um, especially with the more heavy lifeline calls, but we get good training. Like I have to know that every call I'm helping just by picking up the phone, by being kind and listening and honoring their situation. Even if there aren't resources, they know they're going to get someone who at least picks up the phone and tries to be there for them. And I wouldn't discount how important that is. I used to all the time, like, oh, there's no more resources for rent. Everyone's out of funding. But we can explore alternatives. We can get creative. We can offer a follow-up call, talk about their mental health. There's always something on the list that we can do if they're receptive to it. So most people understand that you're trying to be there for them when no one else is. They don't have family. They don't have safety nets. This is, this is a real service that we can offer just by being a person on the other end of the line who cares. Yeah. The whole idea of training to be kind. What would be your kindness advice? I think you'll never go wrong with being empathetic. It was a real skill for me to learn to listen, just to be quiet, to let them talk about what's on their mind, to validate their experience, never to discount what they're going through. We're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm, but like some people have yachts. Most of our callers are in life rafts or they never had a boat to begin with. So you really have to meet them where they're at. Right. You said that the calls have skyrocketed just for people needing to pay for you know, basic bills, but did, have the mental health calls gone up as well? Yes. So a lot of times, I would say most of our counseling calls, they're not calling for counseling. They're calling for food or rent or the usual things. And then you talk with them, you know, how have you been managing with all the stress and they break down or they share something personal, like, you know, a lot of times it's, I just lost my job, or sometimes it's my mom just died and I'm behind because of the funeral, like things that people aren't asking. So the mental health really obviously goes right into it. Normally when we've been checking in with people, we have a much higher likelihood now of the calls turning into some type of counseling. We have a staff member whose job is specifically to follow up with callers who are interested in mental health resources, counseling, therapy, support groups, whatever it is. People are always surprised when we call back, like, yes, we really do care. We want to see how things are going because there's almost always a backup plan that we can figure out. As far as now that we're in this pandemic, the calls that are concerning mental health, what are the issues that they're having? People worried about losing their homes, isolation, lack of their normal routine. I know a lot of our lifeline calls have been related to COVID, whether it's like middle school or high school kids who can't see their peers, they don't like virtual work, or elderly folks who are afraid to leave their house, or people who have just, they haven't had income in months. We can't tell them that things are going to get better. We don't know, but we can say we're here. We're happy to help as much as we can and be a support to, you know, have hope for you while you don't. When they really don't see a way out and there's nothing you can really tell them, 
I guess just being there is probably the most important thing. It sounds like. Yeah, it's a huge challenge. And I think it's important to kind of look that in the face and say, I hear how hopeless you sound. I think it takes a lot of strength for you to reach out and even tell a stranger how you're feeling just to, to be honest and open about what they're experiencing. You know, a form of empowerment goes a long way, even if it's just acknowledging what they're doing, because keeping it together is a lot. That's a Herculean feat if you don't know where your next meal is coming from, or you're just worried about being homeless. So there's always, even if it's not hope, we can give them a perspective. Just hold the mirror up. Like, look how good you're doing. This is amazing that you're still even reaching out for help. Right. Is there anything you've observed since the pandemic started in the calls you're getting that you think people should know? I guess the one that I, I don't want to say it's closest to my heart, but probably all of us are the most concerned about is homelessness. There's only one single adult shelter in the next like 10 counties. That's the Kearney Center. Um, there's one for families and children too, but the waiting lists are both super long. So people are being evicted. They don't have anywhere to go. Um, I'm sure if you live in the Tallahassee area, you've noticed um, more people on the streets and there's just not enough resources to help catch these people that are falling through the cracks. And it's just a lot of more vicious cycles than I've seen than before. Thank goodness for 211 Big Bend. Anything you can leave us with? Um, I guess I would just say, you know, I know it's cheesy, but remember to be kind. If someone seems like they need help, take the bait. Ask them how they're doing. See if there's something you can help with. If you or someone you know is considering suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. Locally, you can dial 211. You'll find help with mental health needs, or you can get connected with other resources. How has the pandemic impacted your life? Let us know. WFSU Media is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be back next week with more of the Perpetual Pandemic Podcast. For WFSU News, I'm Gina Jordan.